I'm glad to see you today on this Mother's Day. I hope everybody has a wonderful Mother's Day. It's an opportunity for you to call your mom if she's still living or to remember her if she has gone on to glory and uh, she's not here anymore. I called my mom this morning and uh, visited with her. Death. And I, I asked her if my brother had called her yet and she said no. I'm just saying, his stock may have gone down a little bit, I, you know. But I was in there. I made the call. I was checking on her and seeing about things. So, Mark, if you're listening, there's still time. You've, you've got all day to make it happen, okay? Anyway, Laura and I did something yesterday we don't ever do. We went to the beach. Can't you tell by our tan? <clears throat> we went to Pier Park in the midst of all the people. We don't ever do that. And we parked our car there close to the movie theater because that's the only parking place we could find. And we walked and went to the pier and we paid the money and we went out there. The lady made my day because I was up there getting ready to pay and she said, how old are you? Because she knew that the senior citizens would get a discount. And I said, I'm 64. And she said, so close and yet so far. So I told her I'd be back next year and I'd expect a real discount of a dollar there. Anyway, because <laughs> that's just the kind of guy I am. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we went out there and, you know, I don't really go to the beach. I like to look at it. But see, there's sand at the beach. Have you ever noticed that? And then there's salt that's there. And then there's jellyfish. And then there are people. Have you noticed all the people? And plus, there's dogs there. I didn't know. Did you know that dogs are there at the beach now? Certain parts of the beach, you can have dogs. And so uh, Lee Sullivan was in the first service. And I said, can you take your dog to the beach? And he spoke up from the back row. And he said, if you want to. And I said, okay. But he may be there to arrest you when you do. Because, you know, it could be against the law. It could be okay. But anyway. Uh, they had dogs on the, as you're going out the pier, on the right side, apparently, that's the dog beach. I, see, I don't get out much, so I don't know these things, right? So anyway, they, th there were plenty of folks there, and, uh, but boy, the water was just emerald green. It was beautiful, and Laura and I just walked out there just in the breeze and the low humidity. It was wonderful, and we said, we ought to do this some more, and then we got in our car, and, and we took a three-and-a-half-hour drive back to our house. It was just <laughs> three miles from Pier Park to our house, and who knew that it would take so long to go down and to get back, right? Uh, so that's why we don't go, I guess. But anyway, uh, we were glad to go. So I hope you're having a great weekend, and I hope that you enjoy your time with family, um, and it'll be a special time for you. Now, we're in this, this series called The Endless Pursuit, and we're talking about money and resources and stuff, which is exactly what you wanted to talk about today on Mother's Day, right? And so we bring it up, and we're talking about, you know, what are you focused on? Are you more focused on the things of God or the things of the world? And, you know, really, uh, how many of you, let me ask you this question. How many of you wouldn't mind being rich? Just go ahead and, and raise your hands, okay? I, that, I, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you for that. Thank you for being real. That's good. How many of you know someone who's rich? 
Yeah, you do. And you may be sitting by them today. And, you know, when I gave that opportunity in the last service, there were people just trying to get together. I think I lost them for the whole sermon. They're saying, well, how rich are you? And do you live in the area? Are you local? Are you from some other part of the country? Let's, let's talk together. Let's share our cell phone numbers. And, and we'll text and talk and share. And, and maybe we could go eat together later. And, they, you know, they just went off on a tangent. And so, but I, but I want you to think about it. A lot of people just told me that you are not rich, but you would like to be rich, right? That's what you said. And so there are people in this world, you know, you're looking at, at how do you determine whether or not you're rich? Now, an article came out, and here's what it said. It said that people said if they had a net worth of $5 million, that they were rich, Okay. Well, what if you're the poor slob who's only got two million, you know, and you're sitting there going, the world says I've got to have five. I've only got two. What am I going to do? I don't know. I guess I'll go to the beach. I don't know what else to do. So it said that 54% of people said that for $5 million, they would listen to country music for the rest of their lives. Of course, some of them are already doing that anyway, so there's no big sacrifice, right? And then th this uh, other one said 42%, I found this amazing, 42% said that for $5 million, they would have all of their teeth removed. Both of them. Yeah. Well, they got $5 million. They can just buy some teeth after that, right? Now, this was shocking. 50%, I couldn't believe this, 50% said that for $5 million, they would allow one random person to die on earth. One random person to die. And this is harder to believe. 24% said that they would live in solitude for the next 20 years if they had $5 million. Some of those people want to live in solitude anyway. They pay $5 billion to live in solitude, right? Now, Gallup did a poll, and they interviewed a lot of people, and they tried to determine, well, what is rich? And so they asked them this, and, and here's what they said. The response is depended on how much money they make. For example, one person who made $30,000 a year, they said, what would, what would it take for you to be rich? He said, if I could make $74,000 a year, I would be rich. And if you make $74,000 a year, you say, I've got news for you. You're not that rich, right? And then they talked to someone who made 50000 a year, and they said, well, what about you? And they said, if I made 100000 a year, then I would be rich, right? And so they wanted to double what they had, and they thought, well, that'd be rich. But if you make 100000 a year and you got kids in private school and a mortgage and car payments, it's not that rich, is it? And so what would it take to meet your needs and for you to feel like you were rich? Now, what's fascinating is they asked the top income earners, what would it take to be rich? And the, and the average person said $5 million in assets. And then, you know, you had to determine, well, how do I know how much I need? And here's what they said. They said when they were young, they said, if I could make this much money a year, then I would be rich. But the problem is when they got to that point and they were making that amount of money, then the line moved. And they said, well, I'm here and I, I'm not that rich, so I've got to move the line. I've got to change things and I've got to make more money. And so every time they crossed the line, it had to be more. And that's why Jesus talked about money and things so much in the Bible. If you Google it and you just say, what did Jesus say about money? It goes on and on and stewardship and resources. It's all throughout the Bible. 
And the main thing, the main reason for that is that God wants us to love him more than things. Now, he doesn't mind blessing us. In fact, we're all blessed. Wouldn't you agree? We're blessed, right? Amen. And, and that's great. And God's the one who blesses us. So it's nothing wrong with being blessed. That's something we can celebrate together. All he says is just make sure that you make me a priority. And so what you determine is that, that I want to do something to make God a priority in my life. And Jesus said this in Luke, the 12th chapter. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. He said there's more to life than possessions. Let me give you an example. Have you ever bought something new and you're really excited and you wanted to get it and you got it and you thought, boy, that'll be great. And then you had it for a while and it wasn't new anymore. And then you weren't as excited anymore. Anybody ever do that? And so we like to change things out, right? Because things get old. They're not as new as they once were. In fact, have you ever redecorated your house? Was there anything wrong with it? No, I just wanted to change. I just wanted something new, and that's something that happens sometimes. Well, the quality of your life is really not measured by stuff, but culture today says that it is. Culture says if you if you only had what you don't have, then you would be happy. That's all you need. You just need to get what you don't have, and that's the that's the the thing you're always chasing, the carrot you're always chasing to have more. And God and Jesus said, "Well, you got to be on guard. You need to be on guard because He said, you know, if you're just focused on that, you'll miss out on Me. And, and there's so much more to life than that. In fact, He had a conversation with a rich man, and this guy had a big harvest, and he he had all kinds of resources, and he'd been blessed, and he said. What shall I do? He said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger barns, and I'll have more stuff, and then I'll retire and just be happy and, and be blessed in life. And, and then God spoke up there in Luke, the 12th chapter, and God said to him, he says, um, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Now, here's what I want you to catch in this. I want you to understand the point of what he's talking about. God is not upset with this guy because he's wealthy. He's not upset with a guy because he has a lot or because he's been blessed. He's disappointed in the fact that the guy's been blessed but he's not rich in the things of God. In other words, he doesn't really notice that. He's not sensitive to that. He's not really looking at ways that he might be a blessing to God and other people. He's just kind of focused on his stuff because having stuff is a big distraction. Have you noticed that? When you have things, you can be distracted by them. And so he's disappointed that the guy is doing that. Now, there's some good news and some bad news, okay? I'm going to give you the good news first. You ready for it? Here's the good news. You are rich. See, we could have the benediction right now. You could go home feeling great, right? You didn't even know, did you? Look at the person next to you and say, you are rich. Go ahead and tell them that right now. You're going, well, thanks for that. Let's talk more often. I like that. That sounds good to me. We are rich, right? And here's the thing. We are rich, but we don't feel rich. But let's put it in perspective. Three billion people in the world today live on $2 or less a day. So if you put it in that perspective, well, if you're going to bring God into it, I guess we are kind of wealthy then, aren't we? 
In fact, you can tell how rich and blessed you are just by the things that upset you, okay? You go through the drive-through, they didn't give you sauce with your nuggets. Now you're upset, right? Consider yourself rich, okay? If you can't connect your Netflix to your Wi-Fi, now you're upset, you can consider yourself rich. The good news is we really are rich compared to most of the world today. There are people with all kinds of financial situations and medical bills, and they're going through divorce. They're, they're single parents out there. And what they're saying is, you know, I'm struggling. And we see that, and we have to realize, well, I guess I'm doing okay. And so compared to the world, we are very wealthy. So we can acknowledge our gratitude. You wouldn't hesitate to say, you know, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm thankful for that. But, you know, sometimes you might cringe if you had to say, I'm rich. Because it, something about that just seems weird. Why does that make you uncomfortable? Solomon talks about this in Ecclesiastes. Here's what he says. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. So it's okay. It's all right to be blessed. It's okay because God has given it to us. Who gives wealth? God does. That's right. When you say, but wait, I'm a self-made man or I'm a self-made woman. Oh, yeah? Well, not actually because who made you? Okay, there was that one episode that God was involved with. Yes, that did happen. And then who gave you your gifts and your talents and your opportunities? In fact, who allowed you to be born in a country where you could be so blessed and have so much? God was the one behind it. So if you begin to feel embarrassed or apologetic or ashamed because of your wealth, then you need to realize that, that why is it? Why am I thinking that? Well, you don't apologize for it. You just celebrate it. You say, I'm blessed and God has blessed me. Now, that's the good news. You're rich. See, you're ready to go home now. You don't even want to hear the bad news, do you? No. So wake up. I'm going to tell you the bad news now, okay? The bad news is you are rich, okay? <laughs> that, and the reason for that is there's a tremendous disadvantage to having resources because it's a spiritual disadvantage because there's a lot of distractions. Jesus had a conversation with a rich guy one time in Luke 18, and this is what he said. How hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Instead, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. So the good news is you're blessed. The bad news is you're blessed. Well, what are you going to do with that? Well, because you can buy whatever you want or close to it, it can be a struggle. You can be distracted by a lot of things. So when you have a lot of choices, you can be overwhelmed or exhausted or tired, and then you have to make a decision about what's important. Now, let's, let's do this. Let's all take a trip, a mission trip right now, virtually. Are you ready? We're going to go to a third world country, and we're going to be there, and there's this undeveloped nation. And you go there, and on the first day, what happens? You're so shocked by the poverty, and you just feel compassion, and you feel so much sorrow for the people there. But by day three or four, you begin to realize that they have a lot of time with one another, and they have relationships, and they have intimacy with God, and they have community. And they, you also begin to realize that they don't have the stress or the anxiety or the burden of managing all the stuff that we manage. And on day five, you might find yourself a little bit jealous 
of their simplicity and their intimacy and their love for one another and their adoration for God. And you begin to realize these people may have some things that I don't have. Because the Bible says, to whom much is given, much shall be required. So because we've been blessed, we have a responsibility to be a blessing to others. And he says, it's a greater responsibility. And all the time, because of the resources we have, if we're not careful, Jesus is saying, don't get so caught up in the things around you. For example, what happens is that you need a new phone, or you need a better TV, or a new purse, or new shoes, or a watch, or sunglasses, or a wallet, or a jacket, or a backpack, and you go into your closet, and you've got all these clothes in your closet, and what do you say? I don't have a thing to wear. I can't find anything in here. I've got to go get something, right? And we have speakers and cars and flooring and furniture and countertops and accessories and artwork. And don't even get me started on vacations. And so, you know, with all the things, it's easy for us to be distracted. And I think we just have to be honest about that and realize there's some competition there. Because most of us, the culture will continue to tell us, hey, what you don't have is what you need. And until you get it, you can't be happy. But listen, more resources won't help your kids get off drugs. More resources won't help you with someone who is sick with cancer. More resources won't cause your depression to go away or it won't save your marriage. What we need is not the temporary but the eternal, the things that really matter. And when he's talking, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's talking to rich people here in this scripture. He's talking to you and me, and here's what he says in 1 Timothy. He said, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything so that we can feel guilty. Is that what it says? No, he says, it, it, so you can enjoy it. That's why he's giving it to you, and he wants you to enjoy it. So don't feel guilty. Just realize that God gives, and he wants us to give, and he wants us to bless, and he wants us to love other people, and he wants us to be a blessing to them. And then it says in Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, command them to do good deeds, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share in the way that they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now here's the point. What do we teach our children and grandchildren to do? Especially if they have siblings. We teach them to share, don't we? We say, no, we must share. And they say, mine, mine, mine. And we say, no, no, we must share. And so we teach them to share, right? And, and so the best way to teach them to do that is by example. And when we show them that, and one way we can do that, there's just a simple way. There's all kinds of ways. One way is when you come every month, the first Sunday of the month, and we have communion, and you bring resources to give to the food pantry to help people, you're just trying to share with people in need. That's run by volunteers. There's not any paid employees there. You may bring food. You may bring resources. And what you're doing is you're just saying, God has blessed me. He's given me the resources I have. He's given me my job. You know, I, I'm grateful. There was an old country song that said, take this job and... That's right. But the Bible says, yeah, the Bible says, if God gives you the job, you ought to take this job and love it. That's right. And so if he gives it to you, here's what he says. The reason I've given you that is so that you might have enough to share with somebody else. That's the truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. 
And so we're blessed. We're fortunate. So, yeah, we want to do something for someone. That's just one little way that you can make that happen and be a blessing to somebody else. And so that's something that you can take with you, to be a blessing, to offer goodness and character and the nature of God to others, to be generous and willing to share and rich in good deeds. The temporary things of the world really don't deliver, do they, ultimately? But God does. Now, culture is never going to stop telling us we need more, right? We need more. If we get more, we'll be happy. But really, that's not completely true. We'll, we'll be blessed. We'll be thankful. But we're going to miss out if we just focus on that all the time. So I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. Are you blessed? Yeah, we are. We're very fortunate. And let's just celebrate. I, want you, I don't want you to leave today feeling bad. That's not why I'm preaching this. That's not why I'm teaching this. I really just want you to, to have this little reminder, and I want myself to have this little reminder. You know, I've been blessed, and I want to show God how I love him. And, and one tangible way to do that is to give to him and to give to those around me who are in need. Because we have more, we will do more. We will give more. We will serve more. You know, we saw an example of that, didn't we? Do you remember when we had uh, the hurricane? <laughs> yeah, we do, don't we? And some of you really took a beating with the hurricane, and, and it was really brutal. And, and maybe you're still trying to recover from that. But what happened was that we just said, you know, we just want to help people, and so we just opened up the building here, didn't we? And then people just showed up, and they brought stuff. And when it got empty, more people just showed up and God kept sending stuff. And then we would send people out in work teams and volunteers would come. I would stand out there and greet people. And they would come in and they would say, how can I help? I can't go to work. The schools are closed. I'm a teacher. What can I do? And I said, well, come over here and watch this person who's volunteering because they need to get a break. They're here all the time. And so you can learn their job and they can take a day off and you can do their job one day. And they go, okay. And so they just volunteered, and we just recruited people and put them in different positions, and we tried to get subs to come in so that everybody would get a break and get some time off. And it was just amazing to get a front row seat to watch God work. And this church has done that before with another hurricane and people who evacuated from another place, and they just kept preparing meals all the time because it's in the DNA of Woodlawn to give and to share, and to be representatives of God, to be loving people, to look beyond ourselves and care about the world. So I just want to celebrate that. I want to thank you for the people that you are. I want to celebrate with you on Mother's Day, and I hope that you'll have a great time with your families. I hope you'll have a great time this afternoon, that you'll have a meal together. Uh, my mom said that she and my sisters are going to go to uh, her grandson's house, and he and his wife are newlyweds, and they're inviting everybody to come to their house uh, and have lunch this afternoon at 2 o'clock. And so I'm going to have to leave now. And some, if you've got a Learjet, I need to borrow it because they're in Tennessee, okay? But about 2 o'clock, they're going to be getting together. And, and so uh, she said, what can I bring? And, and uh, he said, well, what would you like to bring? And, and she said, well, what, what do you like that I fix? And he said, I love your mashed potatoes. And she said, okay, I'll bring mashed potatoes. And she threw in some fried okra, too, because they loved that. If I'd been there, it would have been the lemon meringue icebox pie. That would have been the thing, which all diabetics need, don't you think? <laughs> Just get in a coma over that whole pie thing, right? <laughs> what a blessing that would be, right? No, I can't have that. I just, I have this lemon tart thing that's for diabetics, and it's almost as good. Don't you feel better now just knowing that I won't miss out on the lemon icebox pie? Because you were sitting there waiting on that information, weren't you? 
valuable stuff. Uh, listen, this, this didn't cost you any extra for this. Have a great week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for an opportunity to be a blessing to others. We, we celebrate the fact that you have blessed us, and we ask you to help us be a blessing to others in Jesus' name. Amen.